Welcome in here to Wrestling Spotlight. This is our first weekly champion of the week. I'm joined by Mark Madison, the editor and publisher of Pro Wrestling Post. Let's get that website up here for you, prowrestlingpost.com. Mark, hey, thanks a lot for stepping in the ring. This is a super eventful week in the world of pro wrestling. I'm glad to have a respected author like yourself uh, stepping in as a tag team partner today. Much appreciated. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me. Thanks, Alien, for uh, for bringing me on. Uh, and it certainly has been. I, I was just stepping away watching SmackDown right now, and it's just a, a bevy of excitement and things are just floating around as they move forward into the... Yeah, I mean, every major promotion had a climactic week. Mm-hmm. Uh, TNA wrestling, the just rechristened TNA, riding on a high. Well, they got a management change now. Scott Demore, former head of Team Canada, no longer in charge of TNA wrestling. So they have their shakeup. They're incorporating new wrestlers. You got Nick Nemeth, the former Dolph Ziggler, in the ring now for TNA. New champion, Jordan Grace, taking over for Trinity, who's now Naomi again in the WWE. And Mustafa Ali showing up in TNA. So they've been super active. The NWA made their premiere on the CW app this week, headlined by a world championship match between EC3 and Matt Cardona. And it was on FRWE Free TV. So. That was a huge match, but the two big guns, All Elite Wrestling, AEW, and the WWE, um, this may have been the most eventful week in pro wrestling in years. It certainly has. um, With the announcement on AEW's television, Dynamite listing big business as being the next uh, event to take place, uh, March 13th in Boston. And then the Las Vegas kickoff, uh, WrestleMania um, eventful <laughs> evening that took place yesterday. And I guess the fall yeah. that's happening today. Um, it really has been one thing after another, as you said. It really is kind of hard to kind of catch your breath and say, well, what's going to be the one that's going to capture our attention? But I guess it's really hard not to be excited just to be a, just a general wrestling fan because there are so many flavors of ice cream that are doing such wonderful business and creating such wonderful stories that is making money and captivating audiences. And that's ultimately what you want. Absolutely. And, you know, I wanted to make sure I mentioned the NWA because the NWA has been a part of this channel. We've featured NWA wrestlers quite a bit. I know quite a few NWA wrestlers personally, and I feel bad for Billy Corgan and the whole National Wrestling Alliance. This was their big week. They stepped up dramatically in the platform they're on. They're on the CW app. It has 93 million viewers a month. I mean, that's a big deal. That's just being on that app is bigger than being on some low-level cable channel. I mean, it's it's a lot of viewers. And what should have been a huge week for the NWA has just been just utterly blotted out by some of the other news that's come up. So I wanted to make sure I gave the NWA some uh, kudos, some some credit, hold the belt up for them as 
a champion of sorts because that is a big accomplishment and it definitely puts them on a much firmer platform than being on YouTube or being behind a paywall. It's available now for free on a major app with promotion that's going to go behind it, especially with the NXT show moving over to the CW next year. So mm-hmm. the CW is going to show some commitment to wrestling, which I, I think is great for the National Wrestling Alliance because especially here at Wrestling Spotlight, we want to see everybody getting a chance to have the spotlight turned on them. Oh, without question. Um, I'm not as familiar. I mean, I'm familiar with some of the names and some of those that have that are part of the NWA right now, uh, EC3 being one of the Matt Cardona, mm-hmm. as you mentioned earlier. Um, I'd like to see what that, what the viewership would look like internationally um, with access to the CW app. It's not necessarily something that's available in Canada. So, and that's yeah. where I'm coming from. So uh, while we did have more of an access through social media, seeing some of those things uh, through Triller TV at one point, and then the various means and then to which they air their programming, I think that's where bring us on board, crossover, make fans, keep us captivated and interested. Uh, it's fantastic that there is such great access to it as part of the CW, but I, I want to know what that's going to look like internationally across the border. Uh, yeah, that's a good question because that is a huge part of it. Uh, I can tell you here, just personally, with my YouTube channel, my second biggest market is India. Hmm. And it's, I mean, it's not even close. Uh, U.S., then India. So international viewing is super important, even even down to a granular level with, you know, wrestling spotlight. I mean, it's it's easy to see that, you know, pro wrestling definitely has international, you know, international weight. I mean, you can you can market the product around the world, which I know the WWE, AEW do a great job of. And the other promotions, yeah, I'm sure that is a that is a battle that they have to kind of fight their way up to to get that exposure on a not just a national but an international basis. Now, talking about something that's important on a national basis, this was the the big story that broke earlier in the week. Uh, it kind of leaked out because Tony Khan was going to make a big announcement, and then it came out that March 13th was the only dynamite of the first half of the year that wasn't already scheduled and had a confirmed venue. And it turns out that the announcement was AEW big business coming to the TD garden, the Boston garden, which just so happens to be the hometown of one, a legit boss. And you can see the font matches her old font, Mercedes Monet, the former Sasha Banks, It's uh, not too hard to figure out what the big mystery is behind big business. It's the return of Mercedes Monet to a major U.S.-based promotion with weekly television. How do you feel the presence of the legit boss is going to change AEW's women's roster? Well... I will say, I think it's, I want to say it's the worst kept secret, but I know the wrestling media for the longest time uh, have been reporting that she has 
all but confirmed joining AEW. Mm-hmm. I think there's been more of a conscious effort placed in Tony Khan with the additions of Deanna Parazzo, and um, there's more of a shift in giving women quality time and not just throwaway time that's been really one of the criticisms that he's faced. Um, yeah. So I think having her there, I think that means that there has to be that commitment. I don't think she would just go in um, if the money wasn't right, of course, but I don't think if the opportunity wasn't right and the exposure wasn't right and the storytelling wasn't right, I think those were all contributor factors to why she isn't in Connecticut anymore and why she is potentially where she's going to be. So <clears throat> um, I think it's going to only improve their exposure. I think it's going to improve their outreach. Uh, and I think it's exactly what they needed. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be a, going to be a shot in the arm. And just as a, as a fan of, of all the pro wrestling, uh, the dynamite this week was one of the best weekly television wrestling shows I've seen in a long time, including the first match, which gives us your heavyweight championship three-way. AEW doesn't have many matches that aren't a win-lose decision, but one thing that they have trended in, when it's a match for a heavyweight championship, uh, they have a lot of time limit draws. It's been something that's shown up over the last few years, and that's what we got was a time limit draw with Hangman and Swerve to start off the show. But a great match. Uh, All out, really going at it, and told the story, especially with Swerve getting that organic, you know, organic fan favorite reaction, uh, even in the announcing career they said the fans were 90 10 towards swerve and they may have been underestimating it and you saw hangman go ahead and take that turn straight to the dark side mm-hmm. at the end of the match when swerve asked for five more minutes while he was hurt and hangman said no no you had your chance you're done i mean that's that's a true heel move yeah. and it sets up the three-way with samoa joe making his second title defense against Hangman Adam Page, a former champion, and Swerve Strickland, along with uh, the managerial genius of Prince Nana, uh, somebody that we picked here at Wrestling Spotlight as our breakout men's star of the year, and someone I think is going to be the heavyweight champion before long. How do you feel about this matchup? Oh, I, I, I'm excited about it. But even to say that with within 2024, there's no doubt that Swerve Strickland is going to be the one that walks away with the title. I think right now it's unfortunate that Samoa Joe was, I don't want to call him a placeholder, but I, I feel like unfortunately if he's, if he's articulate on the mic, he can create such uh, an atmosphere when he's in the ring. But if the momentum and the, like you said, organic feel that the crowd is truly behind Swerve Strickland is any indication, uh, 2024 is going to be his year. The fact that he's, pretty much being positioned for that seems like that's the direction they're going. And I think starting off 2024 in that with their first pay-per-view of the year would be exactly what they need to get it right. And they've got the right person in in mind if they're going to move towards, and it would be history, right? He would be the first black uh, AEW world champion. And I think that's something to celebrate. Um, It is happening in March. It isn't happening in February. 
I don't know if that would have been too much cliche that it happens when it does, but yeah, uh, the, the timing, it just feels like things are aligning for Swerve. Um, and for somebody that's watched Swerve when he was competing uh, on the West Coast and following part of that career along with Darby Allen and seeing where he's just been in such demand and those that have seen the trajectory that is ahead of him, this is it. This is end goal for him. So uh, good for him. Yeah, and he's he is a terrific performer. If you get a chance to, go ahead and watch some old Major League Wrestling. It's available. You can find it on YouTube. He was the MLW heavyweight champion back when MJF, Alexander Hammerstone were mm-hmm. members of the dynasty. And that was a, a great series of program from MLW. I'm thinking about five years ago before he went to NXT, before he was part of Hit Row. It was a great run. And yeah, I'm glad to see him get in the chance. He did give a good promo referencing Black History Month. He mentioned Ron Simmons while talking to Tony Schiavone. Ron Simmons, a former WCW world champion. And he also gave credit to the fallen goddess, Athena, who is your Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. So giving some credit to some of the African-American world champions that came before him. Mm -hmm. Then the main event, we got to see the icon, Sting, continue his undefeated run at 64 years old in All Elite Wrestling. Sting and Darby Allin, your new... AEW World Tag Team Champions taking out Ricky Starks and Big Bill. How'd you feel about that? Because, I mean, there's not going to be many opportunities, but probably not any more opportunities to hold Sting up with a world championship. I, I think it was good that he won it. And you know what? The way he's performing, it's unbelievable that he's 64 years old and doing what he's doing now. I don't know if his face paint acts as a youth serum because he certainly dipped into that. And what we're seeing is for all the criticisms Tony Khan has received, and I'm sure there's numerous that are be out there, the way in which Sting has been treated like a true legend, yet uh, not as anything less than an icon has been fantastic. Um, and being aligned with Darby Allen has been wonderful. I think this whole new state of where his career is these last few years is something he'll, he should always be remembered for. And the fact that he's walking away with the title, um, even win, lose, or draw, what happens at Revolution, um, he's created another first. And I think he's done it proudly. And <laughs> uh, I, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I was truly amazed by the dive (laughs) off of the second deck off of the uh, video board on the second deck because the way they did it with him just standing there menacingly waiting uh really gave flashbacks to the the old wcw crow era it was it was really (laughs) well done uh just a just a great match great way to end the show and not to be not to be one up because we uh we haven't mentioned them yet the WWE, they are the they are the leader in the clubhouse. I mean, they're the they're the straw that stirs the drink of the industry. They sold out the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas for what was billed as a press conference, and really was 
basically just a string of uh, quick promos going over some of the people that are going to be in WrestleMania and going to be in the Elimination Chamber. The road to WrestleMania is on, and we got a little bit of a change because your tribal chief, the head of the table, the undisputed Universal Heavyweight Champion of the World, Roman Reigns, it looks like isn't going to be in a match with his cousin, The Rock. That it will be Cody after all. That's what came out of the press conference at the T-Mobile Center. What did you What did you make of that? It was uh, the number one trending thing on all the social media posts yesterday and shows the power of the WWE that they were able to sell an arena out with just a couple days notice. Oh, without question. Um, I think it's a little perplexing if you're following the bouncing ball from the previous week. Uh, Cody didn't shy. He said I, he, he chooses Roman, but just not at WrestleMania. Um, was it grand fan swell of saying, no, we want Cody and we won't stand for anything less than that. Um, and that's what manifested yesterday is. And in that same moment, we also saw rock doing about face. And slap the face of Cody. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, in saying that, uh, Cody's father was insulted first. I think that gets lost a little bit because we hear about the focus put on Cody speaking about the grandfathers and the ancestors of, of the Rock and Roman. And yet at the same time, well, when you call Dusty irrelevant, you're, you're going to get someone else's son's backup. So... Sure. Um, I think what we're looking at is I don't know what the place the rock's going to be. I know that, yes, he's part of the TKO board. That's not a secret, but what will his role be going into WrestleMania? Will he be aligned with Roman? Will he try to secure a win for Roman? Is it another obstacle? I mean, Cody's face bevy of obstacles is just, appears to be another one who knows but uh, there's a long time between now and then uh but as Very we're talking so. uh but as we're talking right now i was watching part of smackdown and as they've announced a tournament a pre-tournament tournament to decide those that will be involved in the elimination chamber 12 men have been announced to be a part of it um they include ivar um la knight Bronson Reed, The Miz, Logan Paul, Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, um, <clears throat> Drew McIntyre, Sami Zayn. It's a it's a who's who of those competing to just qualify for the chamber. So once you win, you're in. So the, the field mm-hmm. of 12 will whittle down to six, and those six will be part of the chamber. And that winner will face Seth Rollins for the world championship at well there we go and obviously they've had to throw a couple of adjustments and call a few audibles because Mm -hmm. you had to believe it was going to be cm punk in one of the main events and that tricep injury to cm punk nice suit but you saw the saw the elbow brace and the tricep brace on his arm he's uh going to be laid out for a few few months at least it was a six month uh bench time when he did the same injury to the opposite arm in AEW. So right. the bright side, he knows what the rehab will be, but uh, really unfortunate timing, uh, especially for CM Punk, because 
he hadn't uh, had a main event match in WrestleMania, and this could have been his chance. And I think that might have been a caveat to him coming back. I think that was always something he had wanted. Um, whether he would have been part of the Elimination Chamber, won that to face Seth, um, it still seems like the winner is facing Seth regardless uh, from the, the Elimination Chamber because he didn't win the Royal Rumble. But um, it would have been, we, we, we don't know. What we do know is that, I mean, if if we're following dots right now, it feels like a Drew McIntyre CM Punk program is probably going to manifest itself once Punk returns. Um, that's not 100%, but if you're watching and trying to connect the dots, there's way too much time. Sure seems spent. like it, yeah. Yeah, there's way too much time spent by McIntyre from the shirt that it's it's amusing, no doubt. Um, he's... Um, <laughs> highlighting punk, not just his losing, but that his dream is actually dead and that there's a tombstone and that it represented that his dream is dead. So oh, um, absolutely. Not, yeah. Not to say that it won't happen, but, um, and I think that's what punk just seems very different. He seems happier. I mean, the, the, the CM punk that we're seeing here is seems to be the company guy. Yes. He has certain things that, we're supposed to be in place. Unfortunately, injuries happen. And then you pivot from that. And how can you still actively be involved? I'd like to see Punk help Cody in some capacity to secure sure. his win, right? There's There are so many forces trying to move away from Cody from winning it, whether it's now The Rock and the rest of the bloodline. There are those that it would be great if the voice of the voiceless stands up for somebody that's got a dream himself so um that's a good that's a very good take yeah because every roman reigns match has ended with outside interference from sola sokoa mm -hmm. so yeah absolutely that would be great to see well hey um just one more one more headline i wanted to get in there and then we'll pick our champion of the week sure mlw they had their big event over the last week, it was uh, on the 3rd, we have a new heavyweight champion for Major League Wrestling, Kojima, the Japanese legend, the master of the lariat. He took out Alex Kane in the Bumaye Fight Club. He's your MLW champion, a two-time MLW champion. He won it back during the original iteration of Major League Wrestling. And we're going to see a legend of Japanese wrestling competing for that MLW title at their next big event. Minoru Suzuki, the Suzuki goons are going to be coming into intimidation games. MLW coming back to New York city, February 29th at the Melrose ballroom. What do you think about Kojima and Minoru Suzuki fighting for the heavyweight championship of a major American promotion in 2024? I think the fact that two men, despite age, because there's always this, oh, somebody's of a certain age, they shouldn't be in there anymore. These men can still, uh, with their contemporaries, do just as much damage and leave such, such an array, like a list of bodies behind them. The fact that Kojima and Suzuki are going to face each other, uh, potentially what we're looking at is... Uh, what we should have seen years ago, but we're finally getting an opportunity to, 
I don't think we're going to be disappointed. I think they're going to, we're going to see some of the stiffest shots, some of the um, strongest strikes that anyone's ever seen. And we're going to be seeing it from two men that are not in their 20s or 30s just doing this for the first time. Um, we're going to see uh, two men beat each other to a pulp, and we all enjoy the spoils of that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I've gotten to see Minoru Suzuki in person uh, several times. He is working an insane schedule. Uh, Dirty Dominic Mysterio got uh, accolades, and well-deserved. He wrestled 103 matches last year. I'm pretty sure Suzuki did more than that in six months. Uh, He is a a hard-working competitor, despite being up and in his 50s. Uh, That should be a really impressive match. MLW Intimidation Games coming to New York City. So, wrap it up here. This uh, this first episode with Pro Wrestling Post coming in and joining us on the Wrestling Spotlight. You can go to ProWrestlingPost.com. Check out all their great work. Some in-depth article on the history of pro wrestling. And, Mark, uh, just to ask you, who is your champion of the week? Gosh, uh, so this is new for me as well. you got to... Give me a chance. So the champion of the week um, is somebody that that has just captured a title, or somebody that is no, just who who won the week in your mind? Who's your mm-hmm. champion of the week? Uh, I I think um, standing face to face with someone, the height, the popularity, the intimidation that comes with the bloodline, and in particular, the Rock. Um, I'm. I would think our champion would have to be Cody Rhodes, just because there's been criticism about him having to take a step back, and he didn't. And I think the fact that he's, whether he was slapped and he's ready to retaliate, and how he fought through a tough uh, bull rope match against uh, Shinsuke Nakamura this past Monday, I think what we're seeing is what is. Daniel Bryan-esque yes movement in Cody Rhodes. I think we're going to see Cody Rhodes in a whole different echelon. I think this is what the WWE has wanted. I think he's exactly what they need, and I think it's exactly what we're going to get. And it's hard for me not to look at him and say, yeah, we want Cody. He is my champion of the week. That's a great answer, and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to going to WrestleMania, covering it in person for Wrestling Spotlight. I think that is going to be the the pinnacle of the journey that Cody Rhodes started when he left the WWE and went to the independent circuit at a time when nobody was doing that, mm-hmm. went to Ring of Honor, went to New Japan, joined the Bullet Club, became the American Nightmare, and then was integral in building AEW up and uh, now the uncontested star of Monday Night Raw, and that's a show with Drew McIntyre on it, with Seth freaking Rollins on it. But it's it's Cody Rhodes' show. I mean, he's he's done it. He has built his kingdom. So that that's a great answer. I, I have to go though with. I mean, I kind of gave it away with the image behind me. Sixty four <laughs> years old. You're new, AEW World Tag Team Champion, along with Darby Allen, the icon. It's Sting. Uh, Wins one more championship. He heads into his final match against the Young Bucks at AEW Revolution coming up Sunday, 
March 3rd. Just a an amazing career. And this is a terrific graphic because if you look at it closely, you see all the different faces of Sting from the Crow to the Surfer to the Joker and TNA. And uh, just, just an incredible match. If you haven't had a chance to see it, I shared some video. There's some uh, links you can find on Wrestling Spotlight Twitter. And obviously, you can go to YouTube and watch the whole match. Uh, really, it was just, just an amazing match and a, uh, a good end to an iconic career that seemed to have been over with an accidental injury from a buckle bomb from Seth Rollins years ago. But out of nowhere, he has a, a great run, and it's going to end up probably with 27 straight wins until he retires. So just an amazing end to an uh, iconic career. Oh, no doubt. Um, I, I was always a fan of the surfer sting and I'd always wondered, okay, well, has the crow sting kind of run its course? Could he ever go back? And I, I don't know at one point then, I don't think he ever could go back. Um, I did like the NWO's version of the sting singer too, um, wearing the red and black, but uh, that was always the colors. It, and I guess because of my age at the time, I always, uh, gravitated towards that larger than life soup seemed like a superhero, I guess in the, in the essence of like an ultimate warrior, um, just his matches with Rich Flair always stood out and sure what he did. So I think that was always my favorite incarnation. I'm it's unfortunate. There's a whole generation that never saw that never got a chance to experience it. Um, but they got it. They, if they get a chance to go back and, and look at some of his, his our Broadway type matches with, with Ric Flair, I would I can't uh, I can't encourage it enough, uh, fans. So go look back early WCW days, late NWA times. Um, some pretty special moments from that Surfer Sting. Absolutely. And hey, Mark, just as we wrap it up, where can people find your work? Where should they go online to find out a little bit more of uh, some of your writing and some of your great in-depth articles? Super. Uh, you can go to prowrestlingpost.com. I've had an opportunity. Um, it's, it's been a passion project uh, we established in 2018, um, but now we are really going for broke. We're really pushing forward content. Uh, you'll see our stuff on LinkedIn. I try to share stuff manually. We have a Facebook page uh, that's growing. We have over 5,000 likes and increasing and approaching 6,000 follows. So we're and that's just within the last two months alone, we've had like 700 followers. It's really growing right. and doubling and tripling. I just, I can't keep up with it. Viewership is um, at an all time high for us. And really our focus is when we talk about pro wrestling, we want to value the past. We look at independent, we value that. And we look at the future too. And it's really all encompassing of all things. And we'll, you'll see things right now from an article on the fabulous Freebirds to right now with being February black history month is important <laughs> as it should be all the time, not just in February. And you'll sure. see articles on Booker T or Ron Simmons or Coco beware, or um, the history of black world champions too. And then as we move into March, our focus is the history of women's wrestling and where that's been from articles on the ladies professional wrestling association to pieces on sensational Sherry or Wendy Richter or more contemporaries like Gigi Dolan, part of NXT too, which will come out. So mm -hmm. those things, that's what 
we embrace. And if you're looking for a website that's going to give you um, news, we're not going to be the place because we want to capture something that will last forever. We don't want to capture a moment that somebody did something wrong and encapsulate that because we're not a dirt sheet. I don't find this to be a dirt sheet. I don't like the connotation. So I'd rather curate and push forward things that have happened in the past and remember those memories. And you'll see a piece on the history of the rivalry between the great Muda and Sting, for instance. That's something I wrote and I was very proud to write. And we have one on Sting and Vader. And those are things that fans, our, our demographic hits anywhere from 35 to 54. And, and I'm hoping that younger fans can go back and say, oh, it was like this. Oh, not right or wrong, but just different. And so we want to everybody to get a chance to enjoy the different flavors of ice cream that we'll provide you when it comes to wrestling. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, hey, Mark, thanks a lot for joining us here on our first Champions of the Week on Wrestling Spotlight. And we'll see you back here on the channel. In the meantime, stay tuned for some of the best in independent wrestling. More interviews, more news segments right here on the Wrestling Spotlight. Hi, everybody. I'm Lily La Pescarita from Northland Pro Wrestling, your Northland Pro Wrestling Women's Champ. And you can see me on Wrestling Spotlight. And there we go.